Welcome to the summer series, Summer Stories. This morning, I'll be talking about the story of transition. It's my pleasure first to introduce my beautiful wife, Shyla. She is my better half in every way and my partner through all of my transitions. And she's going to share a little bit about the ups and downs she's experienced surrounding transition and the importance of moving forward with faith. Good morning. It's wonderful to talk about the topic of transition today. Transition is defined as a process from going from one state to another, right? Changing conditions from one to another. There was definitely a time in my life where I embraced transition and had a spirit of adventure. My husband and I both served in the U.S. Army, and we met and were married in 1995. A few years after that, we were stationed in Naples, Italy, and this is where we became disciples in a small family group of eight Christians. From 95 to 2005, we moved 12 times in nine cities. We moved in, the, in Europe between Italy and the UK a few times and in several cities throughout the state of Florida. In 2005, we made a move to Tampa. My husband got into the University of South Florida. Our sons, Juan and Mario, were three and one, and he was working on postgraduate work in school psychology. We loved Tampa, Florida. It was a fantastic time. We really enjoyed uh, all the relationships, friends. We saw our sons making friendships with boys their age. And I remember spending time with their parents and really praying for our children and their future teen mentors and getting baptized and possibly being roommates in college. At some point, we made a decision to go into the supported ministry, and we were loved and invested in by Jeff and Lisa Chacon. In 2013 and 2014, we started to be sought after by various ministries and asked to lead their small church. And I remember every time flatly saying, absolutely not. I could live and die in Tampa. I know where my doctor is, my dentist. I have my friends at the gym. I know my kid's teacher and the principal, and I'm good to go. And I live in Florida. Why would I want to move? Um, at some point, though, we were asked by the Syracuse ministry a couple, time, a couple years in a row. And the second year we were asked, my husband said to me, you know, Shiley, you ought to consider that it's not people asking you to move, but God asking you to move. And I did not like entertaining that thought. But we did consider it. And we went to Syracuse and met with the ministry and got to know the disciples. And I just remember just being so moved and crying. I, I saw all that JC and I were in our strengths, and I saw what was going on in the Syracuse ministry and I, all the ways that we had been invested in and loved and poured into. We, it was time for us to pour and invest into a ministry that, to put it mildly, was in a difficult spot. They had one 12-year-old boy, and all I kept thinking is, this boy, Steve, and our sons, Juan and Mario, are it. They're going to be the future teen ministry, and just struggling with that, because at that time, the kids were 13 and 11 and had teen mentors, and it was a, a great ministry that they were a part of. It was such a challenge to think about leaving. When we went um, to service that Sunday, they have a tradition here where they have all of their Sunday services in the summer at a park by this beautiful lake in Jamesville. I sat there before church, and I had a conversation with God, and I said, you know, God, if you can find me a home here to rent on this lake, I think I could do it. I could make the move. And in the same second I had that thought, I said, no, wait, hold on. I take that all back because I knew God could easily answer that prayer. After our visit in Syracuse, we returned to Tampa, and my heart was just torn. 
I sobbed at every turn. I was just broken because I, I saw what God was doing. And I'm looking at my times with my friends and the boys hanging out with their friends from church and just broken at the idea that we could possibly leave the situation. My husband was so excited. He was 100% there and I was at zero. Uh, so I decided to fast. And what this Latina does when she fasts is she gives up coffee. That's when I'm really petitioning God. And I just prayed and walked with God and asked for clarity. I asked for peace. And I asked for joy, no matter the decision, that we would be unified and joyful about it. At the, after a three-month period of fasting, God made it very clear that we should make this move to Syracuse. And it was time to transition again in our lives and go on to a new adventure. It was definitely a difficult time for my heart, but an exciting time. And I'll never forget after that period of fasting, going on an extremely long walk with God and praying and feeling this overwhelming sense of peace that only the Holy Spirit can give. Having this excitement of joy and a renewed um, excitement for life. I think about um, this scripture in Hebrews 10 35 where the Bible says so do not throw away your confidence it will be richly rewarded you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God you will receive what has been promised for in just a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay but my righteous one will live by faith and if he shrinks back I will not be pleased with him but we are not of those who shrink back we are of those who believe and are saved my heart at that time was just challenged by the thought of shrinking back into what was easy, what was comfortable, and what all that I knew. And I felt called to, for God's will and to persevere in this challenge of transition. And it really built my faith and helped me so much. On that lake there in Jamesville Beach, we did, um, as we were searching for apartments, we did find three homes for rent on that lake. I'll never forget staring at the computer and all the addresses. And it was as if God was saying, Shyla, see, you're definitely coming to Syracuse. You get to pick which house. I'm not just showing you one. I'm giving you an option of three. It was just flooring to my soul. That house on the lake um, holds many, many memories uh, for us. We baptized many friends. Uh, your sister, Bria Holness from Manhattan, was baptized there. Taiwo and Kende helped us with so many different people. And you'll see them in these pictures baptizing their friends, even our son. Um, your brother, David Tabbing, baptized his friend Christian in our lake. So many great memories. I'm so thankful that God moved, my, moved into my heart and helped me to have such a great um, spirit of peace during that time of transition and really calling me um, to do more of what God was wanting me to do and, and serving in the Syracuse ministry has brought me such joy, such challenges and growth in my faith that I'm grateful for to this day. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing, Shyla. She, she also wanted me to let you know that since moving to Syracuse, our total has now increased to 14 moves in 10 cities. That's quite a tour for us, especially considering I come from a town of less than 300 people in South Georgia. But the story of transition is not just about me and Shyla. It's the story of the human condition. Everyone goes through transition of some type or another. We all go through stages of development as individuals. We go through puberty 
Thank you, God. That's over for me. <laughs> I didn't really get the hype that I wanted. We all go to college or get a new job. We move to a, a new city or just a new part of the city. We uh, start a family. Transition periods can be long or short, smooth or rocky. They can be sad or joyful or any combination of all of the above. But regardless of what the transition is like, they are all necessary for us to move on to what's next. The Bible features many examples of transition, just a few of them. Uh, Abram moved from Ur to the land God would show him. He didn't know where he was going, but God was going to show him. Joseph went from the bottom of the well to the top of the world by God's hand. The nation of Israel transitioned from kingdom uh, of greatness to captivity. John the Baptist understood that his role would transition to Jesus, and he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. Disciples of Jesus are called to a life of transition. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's a different condition. From one condition, the old to the new condition, created new in Christ. Remember these passages when uh, you were studying the Bible and you had agreed, man, Jesus is the only way and the Bible is the standard for everyone. And you started looking at discipleship and you looked at this passage, Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. It says, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, uh, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become Fishers of men, I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. They followed Jesus. And you understood when you read that, that following Jesus means Man, I become something, someone different. My life changes. There's a transition that's meant to happen from not being a disciple of Jesus to being a follower of Jesus. I mean, this guy calls people to change their careers in radical ways. But he also radically reorders relationships here. I mean, when you quit your job to follow Jesus... That's a little bit different than when you leave your dad at the door of the family business to follow Jesus. Both are transitions, but Jesus calls us to risk a lot when he calls us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And then that brother or sister who was sharing the scriptures with you uh, looked at Matthew 28, 18 through 20 and said, Man, this is the first thing Jesus said here in Mark 1, and this is the last thing here in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus calls us to transition from not 
considering him with everything that we are and everything that we do, to now becoming these fishers of men, these disciple makers. When we become Christians, we're called not just to newness in Christ, but new life in Christ. I don't know about you, but learning these things really changed me and Shyla's lives from one condition to another. And really, it's why we're here in Syracuse, New York. By the way, the brothers and sisters in Syracuse send you their greetings. They love you. We're so grateful for all the support that we get from the New York City Church. But what a great transition there. When me and Shiloh, when Shiloh became disciples, we were already married for uh, two years. Uh, we were living in Naples, Italy, and our lives were at 5.30. We'd get up and go to the gym, uh, and then we would go to work. And at work, we had our uh, our cereal and our milk, and we would eat breakfast there and pack lunches, and then we'd go to school. And then Saturdays and Sundays, we just closed our blinds, and we didn't talk to anyone. We watched movies all day, and we had chips and salsa. And everything that we did was all about us. In fact, in 1997, when we became disciples, uh, everyone didn't have cell phones, but most people had a home phone. We didn't even have home phones. We did not want to be bothered. We did, we did not want anyone to get into what we had going on. We had our plan. And then we discovered God's plan. And in June of 1997, I was baptized into Christ. Shiloh was baptized in May. She's way more spiritual than me, so that's not really a surprise. But we were baptized then. And then by November, we'd helped four of our friends become disciples. It was amazing not just to make disciples but to see your close friends become christians and in november we had been asked by the couple that was there it was a military uh military base so more transition uh, people are leaving every two or three years it's kind of like campus ministry people are always leaving it's completely transitional but we were asked to lead the group there of seven or eight disciples and uh, in a couple years we saw that group become 30 disciples we we didn't have any training amongst us we didn't have any staff we got some discipling from brothers and sisters in london uh, which was great but man our hearts were just we want to be fishers of men that was all of our hearts not just me and shyla that transition in our hearts to follow jesus had manifested into a transition in our lives to not only have phones but Man, we had answering machines, and we answered the messages because we wanted our lives to be filled with God and filled with others. We had great victories and great friends. Our oldest son was born in the UK. After a couple years, we were invited to go to London to be on staff there. Man, what an incredible time of transition. If you're a disciple, you've had those transitions, those great ups and these transitions, these incredible victories as you changed over to be a christian or you changed your schedule to be a disciple or you changed a relationship to be a disciple and you saw things changing great ways hey why don't you type in chat how you uh, saw great ups great victories as you transitioned into the kingdom of god let other people know what what god was doing remind yourself of how great that was we, we can never tire of reminding ourselves of how incredible it is to be a disciple and especially those early days we want to keep that fire and that that zeal man we had victories over sin we were studying the bible with our classmates and co-workers all of us were friends and families so important in the good times and the ups of transition 
to stay close to God, when you get that new job, when you get that relationship, that brother or sister that you were praying about, when you make that transition, when you start leading this Bible talk that you wanted to always lead, man, we've got to remember God. God knows that. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, uh, he wrote, Uh, When you get to the promised land, he said, you shall eat and be full and you'll bless the Lord. You shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today. Man, we can't forget God when the transitions are in those stratospheres. Why? Because you've also seen hardship. Transition is not just about the great times, but there's also hardship. If not persecution, then there's some other trial that comes along with many of our transitions. Some of us, if you've been disciples for a while, you've, you've been hurt in relationships. You've, you've changed ministries and it just wasn't quite the same. Or, or you changed uh, jobs not because you wanted to. Maybe you were laid off or you were fired or you had to. It's been a hard time these last couple of years. Some of us, we haven't seen disciples in a while, and it's been incredibly challenging. We go through trials and hardships. James, in the second verse of the very first chapter, says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God knows that in order for us to be perfect and complete, and and that phrase there means mature, we have to go through various trials and hardships to bring our faith to a place of maturity. And there's no other place like transition to give you that opportunity. There's ups in our transitions as followers of Jesus, and there are downs. We can feel like we're drifting when we've lost that relationship or that job, or, or we've had to move uh, so-and-so, or we decided to move. And we can feel like I'm drifting and I'm, I don't have any control over my circumstances. That, that can always be a danger. When you, when you get in that place and you feel like you're drifting, remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4. Verse 11, Paul says, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, Paul says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul was well supported in his ministry at times. And at sometimes he was torn down. He was free. And then he was in prison. He was well fed at times. And then at times... He was hungry. He moved far more than Shiloh and I could dream of. And he got by with far less than we can imagine. He was on the boat and then he was off the boat. There are transitions with great upsides. And then there's transitions. There's some that we can feel have great downside. 
And I say we feel they have great downside. Things can really feel like there's a downside, but is that spiritually true? Is that spiritually true? When we look at our circumstances in transition, we can be tempted to take our eyes off God and seeking his will and his plan. And that's dangerous for us. Remember, Peter was on his way to walking out on the water and embracing Jesus, but he looked at his circumstance and took his eyes off Jesus. Let me share some scriptures with you. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We don't know what's going on, but we know that God is working for our good. We're not paying attention to our circumstance. We're paying attention to our God. We have to. That is faith. That is how we get through the downs of transition. When Charlotte and I left London in 2001, we moved back to Orlando and uh, we had a dream of going back on staff there, being supported uh, full time. I was supported like quarter time uh, there in Orlando and I was also going to school and working and we were leading a sector of about 80 people when we moved over to Kissimmee from Melbourne, Florida. And we were excited about possibilities. And uh, in 2003, a few things changed. If you've been a disciple for a while, you understand what I'm talking about. And, and there were no staff positions. And so we said, wow, what are we going to do? I had finished my degree and I had some money left over in the GI Bill. So I said, well, let me use up all this money from my uh, service in the military. So we moved to South Florida and we decided that we'll go down there and I will get my uh, master's degree and work down there. And maybe I can still do stuff in ministry there. And so we moved down to South Florida. Now, that was a great time, but it was very different for me. I had gone from being uh, an evangelist, supported staff, uh, a sector leader, a, a regional leader. And here I am now going back to school, starting all over as a teacher, uh, and then going to school at night. Me and Shyla had one car, and we had my oldest son, Juan, down in, uh, down in Miami. That was challenging. And so I found myself looking like, what are we going to do here? We don't know anyone in the South Florida church. They were going through their own challenges, and, uh, and we were trying to get in there and, and be disciples of Jesus. I looked to Mark chapter 10, verses 29 through 30, and I just remember thinking this to myself, that uh, no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel uh, will fail to receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Why, why did I think of that? Well, I thought, man, we've uh, given, we went to the UK, we did all these things in Orlando, and now we're starting over. God, this is so hard starting over. I thought I was on a path. I was 30 years old. And so what did we do? We reached out, we got some input, and we were encouraged to build a friendship with another move-in couple, uh, Andrea and Anthony Ciotti, and we built a great friendship. And just thinking about them brings me to tears because I was going to school at night in Miami, 
And they would drive from their home a half hour away to pick up Shyla and Juan to go to midweeks. And then they would bring Shyla and Juan home for, I think it was a couple semesters, and serve us in that way. If I hadn't been in need during this time of transition, I wouldn't have understood so acutely the greatness and the goodness of God's promise and how he comes through. The same thing happened in 2005. We moved up to Tampa, uh, Florida. I was uh, doing a doctoral program there, and we were just looking for kingdom partners, and we built an incredible relationship with Rich and Amanda Bartoli, who now lead the church in West Virginia. And we just wanted to be disciples and serve with people who wanted to be disciples. We were in need. And as we reached out based on God's promises during times of transition, and we just we believed the Bible and what God said. So many teachers in these stories have said, man, trust in the Bible. Trust what God says. Don't just read it, but reach out. And we saw those promises come true. If we hadn't gone through all the hardship that we had gone through, if we hadn't seen God come through, not just in the ups, but also in the downs, I seriously doubt that in 2009, I would have sat down <laughs> beginning the fourth year of a four-year doctoral program and talked to my wife about leaving graduate school to work with Jeff and Lisa Chacon in the ministry in Tampa. I seriously doubt that we would have become interns in our mid-30s in the Tampa Bay Church. I seriously doubt that we would have gotten to a place where just in our minds, we, we started looking around and thinking, man, God, where can we be the most used to you? You've done so much for us. You've given so, you've come through in every transition of our lives. When you build your life on trust for God, you can reach out and you can look at the difficulty and transition and you can look forward. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 ends with, the incredible promise, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. It's not about the grind of disciple making. It's about the glory of being with Jesus at the very end of the age. That's what each of our transitions can mean to us. These are opportunities. God knows what he's doing in your life. God knows what he's allowing in your life. Trust him when he said that he's working for your good. In every story of every transition in this room, whether you feel like it's an up or whether you feel like it's a down, he is working for your good. There's a great quote by the author and theologian John Piper. He said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, and you may be aware of three of them. And that's especially true in transition. Brothers and sisters and friends, embrace the story of transition. If you are at an up, give praise to God who gives every good gift. Don't forget him by not keeping his commandments. If it's a down, don't forget this. You are never drifting when you hold on to God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, 
Trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Paul said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He wasn't saying I'm Superman. I can I can leap a tall building. I can outrun a bullet. He wasn't saying that. He was saying, man, I've gone through hardships and plenty. I realize that all I need is to hold on to Jesus. The story of transition for me boils down to this. My life on this earth is constantly changing. God is moving and calling me to change. But this never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. As disciples of his, we were made for transition without fear. That was that promise in Matthew 28:20. 20. I am with you always to the very end of the age. Brothers and sisters, as we take communion, let's remember Jesus, our rock, our deliverer, who died for us to deliver God's precious promises in our times of transition. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you bring us into your kingdom with power. I'm not talking about the power that uh, that we have, or even the power we feel when we come up out of the waters of baptism. But the power of Jesus on the cross. The power of your love. Lord, I know that in each of our stories of transition, if we hold on to that truth, that you love us so powerfully that that you would allow your son, yourself, to suffer for us. God, then we can make it through any transition in life. We can make it through any transition. Please help our hearts to be soft and help our minds to be engaged in your word so that when we go through these transitions, whether they're ups or they're downs, we will give you the glory you deserve because of the Son that you gave for us. In Jesus' name, amen.